If the sun decided to stop producing light, then the animals in the wild would be the first to notice. Most animals need daytime to roam from place to place, especially in the large savannas in Africa. Zebras, wildebeests, and giraffes all need the day to move to avoid predators. As soon as the sun goes down, it's their bedtime. If the sun suddenly went dark, animals wouldn't comprehend what was going on and would simply become an early lunch for predators. Nocturnal creatures would be equally confused at the time change. Birds usually flock during the day, so we wouldn't hear or see any of them. We have them to thank for eating pests in the sky. Well, them and bats. But if you're in an area with no bats, then consider the insects to be the winners here. Temperatures would start to drop gradually. Humans would notice the effects as well. We're used to having the sun shining at the peak of noon. But with the sunshine's disappearance, we would be living in total darkness. It'd just be a matter of survival. If the sun suddenly got dark, then we'd only have around eight minutes to enjoy the rest of it. That's because it takes that much time for sunlight to travel thousands of miles across the solar system. We would have to use UV lights to grow some crops, but it wouldn't be enough to feed the whole world, not to mention the dropping temperatures across the world. Survival would be difficult in the open plain. Everyone would have to duck inside shelters and warm bunkers. Plants need photosynthesis to grow. Without it, we wouldn't have any crops. Bread wouldn't exist, since it needs wheat. Even the algae in the oceans need photosynthesis to survive, which is the highest source of oxygen rather than forests. This means oxygen levels would start to deplete. Large bodies of water like lakes, oceans, and seas would also start to lack oxygen to sustain marine life. One of our main sources of vitamin D is the sun. There are other ways of getting it, but the sun is the best and most convenient way. Without crops or vegetation, all the herbivores would have to rummage for the last green grass on land or a leaf hanging from a tree. They would soon run out of food, which would also be bad news for us humans, since we need animals like cows, horses, and sheep for our livelihoods. This wouldn't happen overnight. Of course, the oceans would remain warm for some time, but eventually, they would get cold and freeze. Earth is still a planet powered by an iron core that produces so much heat. This would not be enough to keep the planet warm. Our next step would be finding the right shelter and keeping warm. If this happened overnight, then chances are there wouldn't be any ready-made bunkers for a scenario like this. Unless you're watching this video and decide to build one after. They would have to provide heat 24-7 and be capable of growing crops under UV light. Solar-powered facilities would be a thing of the past. People would have to wear sustainable suits when venturing out into the open. Since it would be so dark, we would need strong lights or powerful night vision goggles to see anything. The lands would be desolate. Nocturnal creatures that can handle freezing temperatures would take it over. Structures would collapse since there would be oxygen depletion. Concrete needs oxygen to remain intact. The bunkers themselves would have limited oxygen as well. We would need to uproot many trees and place them under strong UV lights for them to produce oxygen. In turn, it would produce its ecosystem in the large underground bunkers. The oceans on the surface would freeze over eventually. Gathering any natural resources from the ocean floor, like gas or oil, would be impossible. 
the large object, which used to be a bright and sunny star, would still be floating around. But what would happen if the sun disappeared overnight? Well, pretty much the same thing, except way worse. The sun is the largest celestial object in our solar system, which keeps all of our planets lined up the way they are. They orbit around the sun, minding their own business. Without such a large object keeping them steady, the planets would start to float around randomly. Some might even collide with each other. In other cases, the planets would just float around and fly off into space eventually, until they found a new star to orbit around. Earth might or might not be one of those planets. Our planet would still be dark. We would be flying through space at an unusual speed. The planet wouldn't rotate on itself, and many objects would crash into us. We'd be in the trajectory line of mass comets waiting to strike us down. The threat of the cold wouldn't be a major factor anymore. It would be what's beyond us. This means we'd have to dig our bunkers deeper. We wouldn't have an atmosphere anymore to trap any form of heat or anything. We would be floating for an eternity. But let's go back to that scenario where the sun just decided to go dark. Don't worry, our planet would still be orbiting the sun along with the other planets. The temperatures would keep plummeting until nothing could survive on the surface. It would be total darkness 24-7. Only bacteria and possibly tardigrades could survive on the surface. Tardigrades are microscopic critters that can survive just about anything, including outer space. Eventually, oxygen would be absent from the Earth's surface, and there wouldn't be anything up there anymore except for them. Since they would be the dominant and possibly the only creatures on the surface, they'd manage to evolve into bigger species and produce many more. Hundreds of thousands of years into the future, humans would have had to evolve to the conditions underground. Our eyes would be much bigger to take up as much light as possible. Our skin would become whiter since there would be no sun underground. Our hearing would also be much more sensitive since the underground would create echoing sounds. We'd still have the intellect we do now, but our bodies would be ready for the surface. The main threat would be the giant tardigrades sluggishly dragging themselves around. Under a microscope, they look kind of cute, but imagine them the size of a polar bear. Still want something like this in your backyard? They can live anywhere, so they'd infiltrate the bunkers now and then. They'd get ferocious and come in different sizes and shapes. At this point, humans would not be the dominant species since they'd have to hide underground. Some tardigrades from different tribes wouldn't be friendly with each other. Major cities that used to be bustling with people would be home to giant water bears. Tardigrades are known as water bears since they kind of look like little bears. But these beasts with eight legs would be much bigger than them. Bears and most animals would have been wiped out on the surface. Under the ice, some deep sea creatures would thrive and have moved closer to the surface. These animals were used to living in darkness away from the sun. But over thousands of years of dominating the waters, they'd have grown to enormous sizes. Some of these creatures would adapt to crawling out of the mainland. Even though the surface would be frozen, they'd still find ways to crack through the ice and make their way. Humans, meanwhile, would create large underground channels and networks, building cities and colonies. We'd dominate the tunnels where our hands and feet would grow to become web-like and large. We'd take over everything underground and remain the smartest species on Earth. We'd manage to keep old art pieces from the surface and important records to stay as human as possible. 
we'd keep on surviving no matter what. Imagine a planet where every breath you take electrifies your body like a shot of espresso. The sky above you is an intense shade of blue, while colossal trees stretch towards the heavens, their vibrant green leaves growing at an astonishing rate. Daily exercise becomes a thrill like no other. With the abundance of oxygen, you become a supercharged version of yourself. Running feels effortless as you dart across the landscape, lifting weights that would normally seem impossible. It's as if the world itself is infused with a surge of energy. Everything is moving faster. The wildlife surrounding you is equally affected by this oxygen overload. Animals roam the land in majestic proportions. Their massive frames are propelled by speed and agility. Picture yourself in a pulse-pounding chase with an oxygen-charged cheetah, racing against a predator that could put a Ferrari to shame. Now you may wonder how such a wild scenario could ever be possible. Well, let's see. Oxygen is the powerful fuel that keeps life going. It makes up about 21% of the air we breathe, and every breath we take delivers these tiny molecules to our cells, giving them the energy they need to thrive. Without oxygen, our cells would struggle, and our bodies would fall apart. But that's not all. Oxygen is a superstar that works for all kinds of living things, from tiny bacteria to giant elephants. It's even important underwater, where it enriches the oceans. Amazing creatures like plankton and algae produce lots of oxygen, creating a thriving underwater world. But to fully understand the impact of high oxygen levels on the planet, prepare for a journey back in time. Recently, scientists have made an astonishing discovery. They tested rocks from two different places that were really far apart. And can you believe it? These rocks held tiny pockets of gas that showed how oxygen levels shot up by almost a third in a very short time. It was like a breath of fresh air. So they studied these rocks and found that oxygen levels back then were much higher. Imagine lush landscapes, towering forests, and gigantic swamps that stretched as far as you could see. During the Carboniferous period, oxygen ruled the atmosphere at an impressive 20%, just like today. But over the next 50 million years, its levels shot up to a crazy 35%. Can you imagine what that did? As oxygen surged, something incredible happened. Huge forests grew all over the land, creating a breathtaking green world. And massive swamps took over low-lying areas, making the landscape look surreal and otherworldly. At the same time, carbon dioxide levels dropped. Normally, when things break down, microbes release carbon dioxide into the air. This gas acts like a warm blanket, trapping the sun's heat and raising temperatures. But in the mysterious swamps where these giant plants were buried, the microbes couldn't do their job. The result? The planet got really cold. Who would have thought that a breath of fresh air could have such power? The scientists are still trying to figure out why this happened. But one thing is certain, it wasn't just happening in one place. It was a worldwide phenomenon. It was like the planet was playing a funny game with the climate. But let's go even earlier. We see the first North American dinosaurs making their grand entrance. High oxygen levels are what gave a big boost to the rise of mighty dinosaurs in North America and beyond. Picture tropics filled with the magnificent giant creatures. Obviously, dinosaurs didn't just appear out of nowhere. They took advantage of a changing environment that was perfect for their evolution. Oxygen levels played a huge part in this dinosaur party. 
As oxygen levels rose, so did the size of these incredible creatures. They started small with predators like Chindosaurus, and soon after, huge dinosaurs like sauropods took over the land. Then, 65 million years ago, dinosaurs disappeared and mammals took over. And here's the interesting part. Mammals never grew as big as dinosaurs. So what's the explanation for this? Mammals, and humans are mammals too, by the way, are special because we can regulate our body temperature. But that comes at a cost. We need a lot of energy to stay warm compared to reptiles and dinosaurs. Dinosaurs didn't bother with temperature control, so they could focus on growing big. The biggest dinosaurs were 10 times larger than the largest mammals. It's like a game of anything you can do, I can do 10 times bigger. Dinosaurs might have had similar limitations with their sizes, but those were much less strict. Before the dinosaurs' extinction, mammals were very small. Many mammal species disappeared along with the dinosaurs. But survivors took advantage of the open ecosystem and rapidly diversified into various body sizes. However, after 42 million years of growth, mammals reached a size plateau. This happened on all continents, most likely because of the temperature and land area. Colder environments allowed mammals to grow larger. Balancing body size and heat became challenging. Land area also played a role in sustaining big populations. But making animals bigger isn't the only thing high oxygen can do. This humble gas is a true jack-of-all-trades. It also acts as our loyal bodyguard, protecting us from harmful UV rays and other dangers from space. Without oxygen, we would be defenseless against space threats. Oxygen also has a fascinating role in shaping the weather. It teams up with its other atmospheric buddies to make the sky go wild with tornadoes, hurricanes, and thunderstorms. They mix and mingle in the air, creating just the right conditions for these exciting weather adventures to happen. And these adventures can be dangerous, but they serve an important purpose. They help distribute nutrients and organic matter, carrying soil, leaves, and debris to new places. So what if we decided to mess with nature and crank up the oxygen levels to crazy heights, 30%, 40%, or even 50%? Well, too much of a good thing can become dangerous. Oxygen toxicity is when too much of this gas causes big problems. It's like eating loads of candy. It's fun at first, but soon enough you'll regret it. Surprisingly, an overdose of oxygen can leave you struggling for breath, like a tired dancer in desperate need of a break. At first you might feel a burst of energy, but it doesn't last. Dizziness sets in, as if you've been spinning on the dance floor for hours without stopping. In extreme cases, too much oxygen can even harm your body, making you feel like you've crashed into a huge truck. So while oxygen is always with us, giving us life, it's important to appreciate its delicate balance. Don't put on your special breathing gear. Also, we wouldn't be the only creatures to suffer from this oxygen extravaganza. Mammals, for example, will struggle to adapt to these extreme levels. The balance of power among species will change drastically, and winners and losers will fight for survival in a world that's spinning out of control. And we'll need stronger shelters to deal with these gigantic animals. We'll have to stay nimble and avoid danger. Amidst all the chaos, there will be astonishing adaptations. Birds will fly higher than ever before, reaching heights that would amaze even the clouds. Also, get ready for more natural disasters and delicate ecosystems hanging in the balance. Fires will start quickly and rage fiercely, making wildfires a constant threat. 
Even a small spark from a campfire could cause disaster. We'll need to rethink our cooking and heating methods to stay safe in this oxygen-filled world. But let's not forget the other side of the oxygen story. If we had a planet with low oxygen, only around 15%, we would face a completely different struggle. Every breath would be difficult, leaving us tired and struggling for air. Physical activity would become extremely hard, and our memory and focus would suffer. So let's be grateful for the oxygen levels we have now. They're the perfect balance for us to thrive. In this exhilarating journey through an oxygen-rich world, we've experienced breathtaking wonders and discovered the delicate balance of our planet. Let's cherish the magic in every breath, respect the interplay of oxygen and life, and embrace the thrill of this remarkable ride called life. Now get a load of this. A red whirlwind sweeps along the coast of Australia and heads toward the nearest city. This tornado is unique, not by its color, but by what is hidden inside it. These are great white sharks, hammerhead sharks, tiger sharks, and bull sharks. Shark! They fly inside the hurricane, snapping their jaws and trying to grab a piece of meat. People who look at this bizarre phenomenon from the outside think that they've got something in their drinks. But this is reality. A shark tornado can really exist? Or not? Yeah, let's find out. In 1877, a rather unusual tornado struck a farm in Southern California. About six small alligators about one foot in length fell from the sky that day. In 1894, a tornado traveled through England and dropped poisonous jellyfish on people. There's a version that tadpoles instead of jellyfish fell on the ground that day, but it still sounds quite strange. In Kentucky in 1876, there was a black humor rain. Hmm, doesn't sound funny to me. Pieces of meat fell from the sky. The locals tasted them and said it was like mutton or venison. However, later, birds discovered that a flock of buzzards had flown over that area. The birds felt unwell and regurgitated their lunch right in the air. And then, I assume, so did the locals who tried it. In 1947, fish fell from the sky in Marksville, Louisiana. In 2005, there was a rain that contained thousands of frogs in Serbia. In 2010, a small town in Australia was hit by a rain of perches. You know, fish. And now, imagine that all these strange phenomena were caused by one villainous corporation, where evil geniuses work. And one of them is you. So, you decide to make the most incredible natural cataclysm in history. A tornado of sharks. Or Sharknado. It seems like it's impossible, but you're going to try. Because you have nothing better to do. So first, we need to understand what a water spout is. It's a column of rotating air filled with clouds. This vortex occurs during a thunderstorm when warm air releases a large amount of heat. This heat becomes the energy that moves the rising air currents. This warm, moist air goes up, and cold, dry air descends. The difference in temperatures preserves instability and helps tornadoes develop. When it forms over the water, a tornado becomes a water spout. It can draw in particles of seawater, some objects, and even fish. But everything depends on the strength of this vortex. You've probably seen it when tornadoes lifted cars into the air or tore the roofs off of buildings. There's a video on the internet where a tornado raises cows into the air. And an ordinary cow weighs about 1,400 pounds. 
Now, in comparison, the great white shark is about 4,400 pounds. If a tornado could lift several cows, it could cope with a shark. But besides the great white one, there are tiger sharks, bull sharks, and hammerhead sharks. All of them weigh less. Therefore, there's no doubt that a tornado could possibly lift them into the air, too. Okay, now we can assume it's in the realm of possibilities. The next step is to create a real tornado. To do this, you need to heat the air and then make it rotate. The cold air will start to go down and you will get a whirlwind. One engineer from Canada named Lewis built devices that created tornadoes. He made several prototypes before assembling a real vortex engine. According to him, anyone can do it. However, these vortices were small. His device created thin jets of air that swirled and produced many tornadoes, which then quickly dissipated due to strong winds. Lewis started developing this idea to get a new source of electricity. But he needed to create a giant vortex that would go into the sky to power several houses. He didn't have enough finances and opportunities to do this. But the place where you work has enough money to do it. You take the concept of the vortex engine and invest several million dollars. You build several large turbines that direct air to one point and then heat it with the help of a powerful generator. To give your tornado more destructive power, you electrify the atmosphere. You can control the tornado and change its direction using a special control panel. You little evil mad scientist, you! So you come to the coast of Australia, where there are many sharks of different species. To force them to gather in one place, you must throw several tons of minced meat into the water near the shore. Let me suggest that you don't do this by hand. The sharks immediately come there as soon as they smell the food. But there's a problem. These animals feel changes in the weather and don't approach the center of the storm. Therefore, to make sharks take risks, you need to make them angry and hungry enough. You go, Dr. Doofenshmirtz! (laughs) You spend millions of dollars to organize large-scale fishing. You throw huge nets into the water and, within a week, catch all the fish, shellfish, and other marine life that can become dinner for sharks. You move all the prey into giant aquariums and wait for the sharks to get hungry. A few days later, you notice many big fish congregating near the shore, looking for food. Then, you buy a couple of tons of ground beef from several butcher shops. You put it in a large container and lift it with the help of a helicopter. You dump the meat in a place where you see a lot of sharks. Lunch attracts fish within a one-mile radius. At this moment, a large ship with the tornado generator approaches the shore. Hey, can't quit now, right? You start the engines, and strong flows of warm air accumulate in the sky. Electricity flashes, and condensation creates rain. A powerful vortex begins to form in the sky. You control it and direct it towards the sharks. The whirlwind pulls pieces of ground beef from the water. The dust particles mix with the meat, and the tornado turns red. Oh, I think I'm gonna barf. You increase the strength of the wind and see how the sharks begin to rise into the air. More precisely, they jump out of the water to grab the meat, and the tornado picks them up. When several sharks are inside the vortex, you direct them toward the shore. People are running in horror. Some sharks fall back into the water, and some fall to the beach. The hammerhead shark falls right into the kitchen of a coastal restaurant and eats the whole menu. 
The shark is also a pig. You direct the Sharknado into the city. The storm lifts trees and cars into the air and rips off the roofs of houses. Some sharks fall down to the streets. People are running in different directions. The shark vortex passes through the city, scattering sharks. Of course, sharks don't crawl on the ground and don't try to eat people. They're just in shock and don't understand what's going on. Hey, what can I say? It's a PG Sharknado. Even in the ocean, sharks don't like to bite people. All attacks occur because sharks mistake them for seals or other sea creatures, which all look like food. Also, toothy fish can swim up to people out of curiosity. And now they're disoriented and having big breathing problems. Fish need a constant flow of water passing through their oxygen-extracting gills. Depending on the species, sharks can last without water for several minutes to an hour. At this moment, you realize that you have carried out not a villainous plan, but a stupid thing that has caused so many fish to suffer. Now, you need to fix everything. You have several helicopters that can transport the fish back into the ocean. But they're twitching and snapping their jaws in fear. Therefore, to calm them down, you use darts with sedatives. Then you help rescuers to fasten the sharks to the helicopters and lift them into the air. You have to get one fish out of an apartment on the 7th floor. Another shark was lying in the park. A hammerhead caused a big traffic jam on the road, and this tiger shark fell on a fire truck. Fortunately, they all have tough skin and strong muscles that protect them from damage. You pick up all the sharks and move them back to the ocean. No one and nothing has been hurt except for one thing. Your reputation. You have failed your villainous plan and need to develop something new. This time, you'll create something that will really terrify people. You will invent a YouTube channel with nothing but ads. Alternate ending. You will invent a mega flood of spiders. Ew.